Welcome to Echoing Faith Today, a podcast conversation on themes of impact and relevance in the new directory for catechesis from the Pontifical Council for the Promotion of the New Evangelization. I'm Dr. Jen Sullivan, host and faculty in the School of Theology and Religious Studies at the Catholic University of America. On this podcast, we'll hear from bishops, scholars, and those on the front lines of pastoral ministry. So thank you for taking your place at this table of conversation. relationship between evangelization and catechesis. This question is taken up in the new directory for catechesis. In the introduction, the text says that the principle guiding the writing of the new directory was the desire to explore the church's catechetical efforts within the dynamic process of evangelization. So joining me now to discuss key themes in the new directory for catechesis is Bishop Robert Barron. Bishop Barron is Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles and the founder of Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. He is the host of Catholicism, an award-winning documentary that aired on PBS. His recent film series, Catholicism, The Pivotal Players, has been syndicated for national television and nominated for an Emmy. Bishop Barron is a best-selling author of numerous books, essays, and articles and his website, wordonfire.org, reaches millions each year. Let's listen now to Bishop Robert Barron. Bishop Barron, welcome to the podcast. We're very grateful for your time, and I'm looking forward to this conversation on the relationship of evangelization and catechesis. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's my pleasure. Delighted to be with you. So this long-awaited directory for catechesis has 12 chapters divided into three parts, Today we'll focus on a few major themes, but before that, a general question. The directory is the third of its kind since the Second Vatican Council. Why is a new catechetical directory relevant, not only for those engaged in the study and in pastoral ministry, but for the entire church? Yeah, you're right. We had the one in 1971, just after the council, which sort of embodied the teaching of Vatican II. And then 97, you've got a response really to the... um, Catechism of the Catholic Church from 92-93. This one, I think, is called for because of the new evangelization and because of the novelty of Pope Francis. Uh, But I put a special stress on evangelizing what are now called the nuns, the unaffiliated. It's a new reality in the church. I think we could, in years past, count on people coming to our institutions to be uh, catechized and evangelized. But now, as you know, they're not. A lot of young people are, are leaving the church in droves. So I think it's a new moment. I'd say the pontificate of Francis, but also this particular concern of the new evangelization gave rise to this third um, general directory. And so that brings us to chapter one of the new directory that begins with divine revelation and its transmission. It says that all the church is and all the church does finds its ultimate foundation in the fact of God's self-revelation of course, manifested definitively in Jesus, the fullness of divine revelation. And the directory says that at the center of catechesis is a living encounter with Jesus Christ. So why is revelation an essential starting point for any discussion of evangelization and catechesis? 
Yeah, you're, you're hinting at the charismatic uh, emphasis in this new uh, directory. That is to say, the fundamental preaching of the church, that Jesus Christ is Lord, crucified, risen from the dead, and in him we find life. I mean, there's the, the charisma, the basic proclamation you find in St. Paul, you find in the, in the first apostles. And I think this directory wants to bring us back to that great uh, center. Um, you know, without that, we're not dealing with, with the Christian faith. We might be dealing with people's religious feelings, nothing wrong with those, or, or people's basic religious experience. Again, that's fine, and that's something shared by all people around the world. But what makes Christianity Christianity is the fact of divine revelation. It's not simply my quest for God, the articulation of my religious impulses, but that God has spoken in this absolutely unexpected way to me. And that's the kerygma, you know. When I was coming of age, let's say back in the 1970s, the stress was on a kind of liberal approach. And, and by that word, I mean one that took its bearings from our religious experience. It began with general religious consciousness. But the charismatic approach puts the stress, I think, on the objectivity of revelation and the objectivity of the encounter, that I'm encountering the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't derive that from my private religious experience. That has to come, as Paul said, you know, fides ex auditu, faith comes from hearing. You hear the proclamation of Jesus, and that's how you come to faith. And the new directory puts a great stress on this charismatic element. You know, speaking of Paul, uh, the directory links revelation then to evangelization. Uh, by quoting the 1975 document, Evangelii Nuntiandi, yeah. in which St. Pope Paul VI said, evangelizing is in fact the grace and vocation proper to the church, her deepest identity. The church exists in order to evangelize. The directory says, nonetheless, in this mission, the church begins by being evangelized herself. To retain this freshness, this vigor, strength to proclaim the gospel, the church has constant need of being evangelized. Why are these foundational statements relevant some 45 years later? Well, you know, the old principle from the Middle Ages, nemo dat quod non habit, right? No one gives what he doesn't have. So if evangelization is about a relationship, it's not just about ideas. It's about a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I can't give that to you. I can't offer that to you unless I, unless I have it. So I can't evangelize you unless I've already been evangelized. Part of the problem, and you know, it maybe seems odd to put it this way, but there are people, there have been people, who I think catechize others without really being evangelized themselves. They might know some of the doctrine of the church and they can communicate that. But the key thing is, I want to communicate to you a friendship that I've found. I found a relationship with the Lord Jesus, and I want you to have that same friendship. Now, you know, friends, once they, they've established the relationship, well, they want to know more about each other. You know, that's just natural, isn't it? Is, is I, I have this friendship with you. Now, of course, I want to know all I can about you. So the knowledge conveyed in catechesis follows from the relationship. And so, yeah, we have to be evangelized ourselves. We have to have that friendship with the Lord if we're going to share it with the rest of the world. That, I think, runs right through the new directory, that idea of the encounter with the Lord. I thought we might focus on how the directory speaks of evangelization. It says, evangelizing is not in the first place the delivery of a doctrine, but rather making present and announcing Jesus Christ, as you just said, so that those who draw near to the church may encounter in his person the way to save their lives and open 
themselves to a new horizon. But it goes on to say then that this process of catechesis that's centered on a living encounter with Jesus Christ is really the, the way in which we understand this relationship. The document clearly does not fall into the easy trap of pitting doctrine against personal witness. Right. Why is it important uh, to bring together the content of the gospel with this personal witness? Well, and I, I like the point you just made. It's very important because I think we can easily fall into that sort of dichotomization. Uh, oh, we're not about ideas. We're about relationship. Well, the church has never operated that way. The church has been from the beginning deeply interested in ideas. Go right back to the, go back to Paul himself. Talk about a man of theological ideas. Come up through uh, Justin the Martyr and into Irenaeus and and, uh, and then, of course, Chrysostom, Jerome, Augustine. So I, I, I'm with you all the way I'm at. I would never want to be party to a view that says, let's bracket ideas. Those aren't important. It's the relationship. So that's not it. However, in Christianity, there is something more basic about this personal relationship with the Lord. Because we're not a philosophy primarily. I love philosophy. I've studied all my life. I love philosophy. But Christianity is not a philosophy, which is to say a system of ideas. Primarily, it's a relationship with the living and risen Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as I say, once I'm in that relationship, of course I want to know all I possibly can. I want to deepen that relationship through knowledge. But the foundational element is always the personal rapport. They declare Jesus risen from the dead, and they want you to have a relationship with him. That was true in Paul's day. It's true in our day. Um, so it's a both and, absolutely. We want to avoid the, the facile either or here. It's a both and, but I'd say with a prioritization on the encounter and the relationship. Uh, that, to me, makes perfect sense, and, and this directory is clear on it. You know, and that brings us to um, the end of chapter one, when the directory focuses on catechesis now at the service of the new evangelization. And it notes three accents, if you will, of catechesis, where the action of the Lord Jesus is recognized. First, it re-envisions catechesis as a missionary going forth from a church that is in a permanent state of mission. That's something that Pope Francis has been telling us. Uh, second, it says catechesis under the sign of mercy. And then third, catechesis as a school of the dialogue of salvation. So your thoughts on these three aspects of catechesis in the new evangelization? Yeah, they're all very Franciscan. I mean, they're Pope Francis themes, aren't they? And especially that last one of, uh, of the dialogue and the encounter. I put a great stress on the road to Emmaus story. Uh, when I was in Rome for the Youth Synod back in 2018, our group kept bringing that story forward because it brings in the, the encounter and accompaniment theme so strongly. Jesus walks with these two disciples who are walking the wrong way. So like a lot of people today, they're walking away from the source of life. He listens to them. He doesn't judge them. He asks them what they're talking about. He discovers they know something about him. They know some data about him, but they don't have the living relationship. But then what does he do? But he then catechizes. He, he breaks open the word. He explains in light of the Old Testament what, what he's all about. I think that's a beautiful way to sum up the two moves, that accompaniment, dialogue, conversation, all those good things. But, you know, accompaniment does not mean wandering around with someone. It doesn't mean I'm just going to walk around with you aimlessly. No, no, it means I'm walking with you so as to establish the relationship in which the proclamation can happen. 
So I like how that story brings together the, the both and, you know, accompaniment, dialogue, yes, indeed, but also culminating in something like real uh, catechesis. The distinctive feature of this directory is this close connection between evangelization as the announcement of the kerygma mm -hmm. and catechesis now as maturation in the faith. Uh, in, the, in this process of evangelization, catechesis is directed generally to those who have already received that first proclamation. And now we're being led through these stages of initiation, of growth and knowledge of faith and deepening of the life of faith. If catechesis is one moment, one remarkable moment within the whole evangelizing mission of the church, what is the relationship between catechesis and evangelization as envisioned in this document? I think it's born of what we talked about earlier, which is um, the, the fact of the nuns, the rise of the unaffiliated. We can't assume people are coming uh, already evangelized to be catechized. In a way, catechesis and evangelization have to happen uh, simultaneously. The catechesis itself has an evangelizing element. Uh, and, and I think that's a, it's a healthy coming together of those two things. We can intellectually separate them, but I think today especially, they, they are so mutually implicative, you know, that as we catechize, we are evangelizing people who remain unevangelized. This new directory represents both continuity and innovation as it offers theological pastoral principles to guide catechesis, while also exploring new social and cultural forces that shape uh, ministry today. Two new themes are highlighted, the phenomenon of digital culture and the globalization of culture. Since your extensive evangelization ministry unfolds largely within this globalized uh, digital culture, your thoughts on these new themes in the directory? I'm so glad they brought it up. Uh, this also came up at the Youth Synod quite a bit. Uh, I think the church it's taking a step here because the church can get stuck, I think, in older models of how we do it. The vast majority, especially of younger people, get their information uh, digitally. Um, you know, and that's both good and bad. Uh, I certainly see the negative side of it, that you can be maybe too superficial. People are so used to kind of a quick, you know, and very image-based approach. On the other hand, I mean, it's the way people learn. It's the way people come to know. And so I think just to be uh, tied into that, a great thing about the digital is we can do so much more than we used to be able to do. I mean, when I was coming of age um, to get Catholic materials, you might have to go to a, some distant you know, bookstore. Uh, just the availability of good material, homiletic material, catechetical material, theological material that's available online. And, you know, I, I don't want to miss this, that there is something lovely about the fact that you can listen to someone speak and you can see their face. Now, I know it's not the real thing, it's virtual, but nevertheless, it hits a lot of those things we talked about earlier, that you can communicate your relationship with the Lord in a way more vividly when you do it, you know, online, when you do it through a YouTube video, you do it in this way. So I think that's important. Um, people, young people can hear directly from an evangelized person. Uh, virtually, but yet, yet vividly. And I think that's, that's, you know, worth thinking about. And in many ways, I think we're in a golden age of communication. Uh, I would compare it maybe only to the Gutenberg uh, printing press in terms of the revolution in what we're capable of doing now. For the church to miss that, no way. I mean, some people say, oh, it's, you know, too superficial or it's this or that. No, no, no. I think the church has got to use all the new media. And of course, 
in uh, in catechetics and evangelization. My committee, I'm, I'm stepping down soon as chair of the evangelization catechesis committee, but we've looked a lot at this issue of, you know, it's beyond text. Now it's the huge social media world that conveys the faith. And how do we as bishops, you know, monitor that? Because I think we have to, but that's another question. But but I think I'm, I'm glad that the, uh, the new directory has addressed the digital age. And in some sense, it's a balancing, isn't it? It's balancing all of that, that whole digital world uh, with that personal contact, because ultimately that's what people also want. Yeah. They want to be able to uh, sit down with somebody and share their faith uh, in, in this personal way. Yeah, no, quite right. And I always say that in my ministry, you know, I'll say the ultimate purpose of it is to bring people to mass and to bring people to a community of faith. I mean, that's the purpose. So what I'm doing is a kind of bridge, if you want. Uh, I think it's a way of reaching into the world of the unaffiliated, but um, we shouldn't overstress it too, because uh, the personal relationship finally is what matters. You've spoken often about beauty in evangelization. Uh, this directory takes up the theme of beauty in catechesis in several places. First in chapter two, the way of beauty is identified as one of the sources of catechesis. And then in chapter seven, the language of art is discussed under methods in catechesis. Why is the via pulchritudinis, the way of beauty, so essential in catechesis today? Yeah, as you say, I, I was particularly happy when I saw that focus because I've been on that, I've been uh, on that bandwagon for a long time. Uh, you know, here's a basic insight. I think in our postmodern culture, people are very uneasy with the true and the good because you say, "Here's what you need to believe," or "Here's what you, how you need to act." Uh, people get very reactive because we're, you know, we're raised in a culture of relativism. Now, who are you to tell me what to think or how to act? The beautiful, I think, therefore, is a way in because if I just show you something, I say, hey, look, look at this. Look, look how beautiful. I'm not telling you how to think or how to act. I'm just saying, look, you know, and so it's less threatening in a way. I think the beautiful, it's more winsome. It, it draws people in. Now, now, because all three are transcendentals, the good, the true, and the beautiful, the beautiful is going to lead you to the truth. It's going to lead you to the good. But I think it can be, today especially, a very effective starting point. And as we both know, uh, Catholicism is par excellence, a religion of the beautiful. We've always stressed it. And we have treasure houses of beauty in our tradition. So share it, use it. Also, Jim, I found that when dealing with uh, the, the unaffiliated, when you ask them, uh, A, why did you leave? But then B, what do you remember fondly about the church? The number of people that say the beautiful. They remember a beautiful liturgy or beautiful art or beautiful music. That's important, you know? What, are they, what, are they, what stays in their mind is the beauty of Catholicism. Good, use it, use it. So I'm glad the, the directory brought that forward. And oftentimes it's people returning to the church, but also those who are outside the church are somehow attracted uh, inward through beauty. So I think it works on for so many different uh, people. Um, yeah. But how many of our catechists know how to do that? You know, know how to take, let's say, a, a beautiful work of art and help young people understand it, uh, to show a, a great film uh, and, and unpack it. That's a challenge. You know, um, since the cover of the USCCB translation of the new directory features a stunning 16th century painting of the scene of Pentecost, 
uh, by the Venetian artistician. I, I thought we might conclude by reflecting on the role of the Holy Spirit. The directory notes that the Holy Spirit is the soul of the evangelizing church. And for this reason, the, the call to evangelization is, has less to do with the dimension of time and more to do with making all of the moments of the process of evangelization ever more open to the renewing action of the Holy Spirit. So how should we understand this role of the Holy Spirit in evangelization and catechesis today? Well, the Holy Spirit is necessary for a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, you can't say Jesus Christ is Lord except in the Holy Spirit, says Paul, right? So it's only when I'm invaded by the love between the Father and the Son do I really have the relationship with the Son. The Holy Spirit broods over the whole of the life of Jesus, conceived, you know, in Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who compels him into the desert. The Holy Spirit is, is the... Um, is the Renian spirit in the life of Jesus. And so if we want Jesus to be alive in us, and that's what evangelization means, of course the Holy Spirit's got to be involved. Also, they have that beautiful stuff from the Gospel of John that the Lord is going to send, he and the Father will send the Spirit to guide us into all truth. I've always loved that, that the, the disciples at the Last Supper couldn't possibly bear the fullness of the truth. They, they, they weren't in a position to do it. But Jesus says, I will send the Spirit who will lead you, and the you there I think means you and all your successors down through the ages, will lead you into all truth. So we don't come to a relationship, nor do we come to knowledge of the Lord without the influence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that's so important from a spiritual standpoint to emphasize. And, and that in fact is how catechists should proceed, isn't it? Um, really uh, this reliance on the Holy Spirit um, in terms of not only what they say, but how they present the, the message of the gospel. Don't you love in this new directory, the stress on the formation of catechists? And we've been doing that now in our committee. I, I felt so strongly about it. And with God bless every single person that catechizes in our church. And I, I do, I express enormous gratitude for volunteers. Um, but I, you know, it's important that those who volunteer to catechize are themselves evangelized, are themselves catechized, are themselves under the influence of the Holy Spirit. They themselves have that relationship with the Lord that they want to share. All of that is required if we're going to be effective uh, uh, evangelizing catechists. I mean, just the fact that this identity and vocation and formation of catechists is right in chap in the first part yeah. just shows the importance that the directory is giving to it. Um, and a final question, Bishop, are there any other themes in the new directory that you wish to highlight for our listeners? I think we covered, gosh, most of them. Uh, you know, the, the via pulchritudinous we touched on is one that I feel so strongly about. Um, but I think, you know, we've talked about it, the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's the heart of the matter. The 97 uh, directory, I think, very appropriately put a greater stress on doctrine because we had drifted a lot. There was a time of, um, you know, experimentation, I think, after the council and you know, when I was coming of age, we weren't known for the clarity of our catechesis, let's say. So I love the stress in 97 on the doctrinal integrity. Uh, now the stress is on this relationship with the Lord and now bring in the Holy Spirit, now bring in encounter, now bring in uh, the catechist herself being evangelized, all of those themes that are uh, from Pope Francis, but also required because of the new evangelization. So all of that, I mean, we really did talk about it, but those are, I think, marvelous themes in this uh, directory. 
Bishop Barron, I cannot thank you enough for your time taken to share many insights on the relationship between evangelization and catechesis in this new directory. You've given us much to think about. Our catechists, our catechetical leaders have much to think about in the church's catechetical efforts. And so we're very grateful for your time, our prayers for your ministries, and thank you again for your presence with us today. Well, God bless you. Give my best to all my friends at Catholic U. Thank you for joining in this conversation with Bishop Robert Barron. Tune in next week to hear Dr. Hosman Ospino at Boston College, who will continue our discussion on major themes in the Directory for Catechesis. Till then, keep the faith and keep echoing the faith. I'm Dr. Jem Sullivan, and I hope you have a blessed day. Mm.